All right, the book of 2 Timothy tonight, 2 Timothy chapter number 2, 2 Timothy chapter number 2, and if you recall, uh, last Wednesday night, uh, we began a uh, study part of this series, and uh, I knew we would not get through it, and I'm glad I made that decision because we barely got through the introduction uh, last Wednesday night, but we are in the series uh, we've entitled A Charge to Keep, and while you're turning there, I will remind you. Uh, that the Apostle Paul uh, committed some things to Timothy. And these were the same things that Jesus Christ committed to the Apostle Paul. And this is a good reminder for you and I, because whoever it was that God used to commit uh, the faith to us, it is our responsibility to commit to someone else. Uh, but the faith came from Jesus Christ. And uh, Paul encouraged Timothy uh, to uh, take these things as a charge for him to keep. And we've been looking at different aspects, what the charge is, the responsibility of it. And uh, last uh, Wednesday night, I began uh, in a, a study, and I thought it would be a two-weeker, uh, but we're probably going to be at least three weeks, but even go into four weeks, this one thought of Paul's warnings to Timothy. Uh, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture again this evening, uh, the overthrow of the faith. Uh, I mentioned this last week. I'll mention it again. Have you ever uh, encountered someone, or we probably all know someone, uh, who used to believe the Word of God? They used to believe the faith. We're on fire for the Lord even. Even have fruit that was uh, put to their account while they believed the things, and then all of a sudden, they don't believe it anymore. They don't abide by it anymore. Say, so how did that happen? Uh, we're going to look once again uh, at that phrase, their faith was overthrown, that thought of their faith being overthrown, and then some warnings uh, that Paul gives to Timothy. I do not want to have a shipwrecked life. I want to guard myself as far as sin is concerned. I want to guard myself, um, and, that's, and that's what uh, is for all of us, uh, but especially young people tonight. That's why you have uh, guidelines. That's why you have standards. That's why we, we use, do those things is to keep us uh, so that we can be a vessel of honor unto the Lord, but used by God. But I don't want to be a castaway. I don't want to be one who used to believe certain things, and now they don't. Um, the, you know, we sing that song, the old time religion was good enough for, for grandma, it's good enough for me. Well, some of them, it was good enough for me, but now it's not good enough for me. They don't, they don't, know, they don't know what they believe. I don't want to be that. And so Paul, but this is very important for us, especially in the day we live, Paul gives some warnings to Timothy. We started in it last week. We'll continue tonight. Uh, let's read our text in 2 Timothy uh, chapter number 2, begin reading with verse number 15. <clears throat> Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now let me remind you, Paul is telling Timothy to study. Why is he telling him to study? So that he might be a workman. Not so he can be a lecturer. Not so he can be an expert. Not so he can be a know-it-all. He tells him to study so he can do the work. But a lot of times, and I'm getting kind of off track, but it ties in with this. We'll touch on it. If not tonight, uh, probably next week. Um, we, we get off track because we think I'm just supposed to study and study and study and study just so I can let everybody know that I've studied. 
I've studied, and if you follow, if you do this, then you'll know. No, we're supposed to study to work. The dangerous thing to study and then not work, because God has us here to do a work for Him. Uh, verse 16, But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. And by the way, no matter who says today, well, I don't know that I believe that anymore. My Bible says the foundation of God standeth sure. You may have some doubts about it, but God doesn't. I don't because this Bible has not changed. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are His, and let, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, it shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. We're going to have a word of prayer in just a moment. But this text reminds us the only danger to the Christian is not the filth of this world. The filth of this world is a danger. Sin is a danger. Parents, guard your kids. Guard their minds. Control what comes into your home. Uh, limit what they're exposed to. All of us need to do that. But there is a danger that we don't pay enough attention to as Christians, and that is the danger of false doctrine. The danger of putting down the faith. I am to keep the faith. You are to keep the faith. That is what we are supposed to do. And so tonight, we're going to look again at Paul's warnings to Timothy when it comes to that phrase, and overthrow the faith of some. Father, help us again tonight as we look into your word. May we be committed to keep the charge. May we be committed to keep the things that have been committed to us. Father, may we be reminded tonight of not just the importance, but the things that are necessary in order to do so. Uh, Father, may your word be real to us. May it be a help to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I review very, very quickly tonight. Of course, we know that the Apostle Paul, in chapter number 4 of this book, uh, says those words, I have kept the faith. Uh, in, in chapter number 3 of this same book, uh, he goes and he talks about the importance, as he writes, he talks about the importance of the Word of God. And the fact that it is profitable, and it gives why it is profitable, doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction. And the fact that the Bible is profitable. It is the only thing that is profitable. Uh, for example, why do we have Wednesday night Bible study? Because it's profitable for us. Why do we have all the kids in here and the teens in here and the single adults in here? Because it's profitable for us. Now, some may do this differently, but just in case some of you are wondering, when you sit around from friends and family talk about, well, our church does this and their church does this, I'm going to tell you why. We have the kids in here on Wednesday night. I'm going to tell you why we have the teenagers in here on Wednesday night. Because it's profitable for them to hear the Word of God. We, even in independent Baptist churches now, we're alarmed because our young people get to be singles. and we're, Why don't they want to go to church? Well, they haven't been in church their whole life. They've been out every service in some kind of program. The teens have been out having pizza and this and that, and they haven't been in church hearing the Word of God. And now they turn 18, and you wonder why they don't know how to sit and listen to the Word of God. And, and I know some of you struggle because of your, your child that sits next to you 
And uh, it's just to think, oh, they're turning four, they're turning five. Oh, that means they're going to be in church with me. I know that it is difficult in some respects. But you've got to look at it as training them to hear the word of God. Training them. Say, oh, I just, we have to have something different uh, for our kids. Well, you, you know, they, they, sit, they sit still when you take them other places. You know, they don't, they don't get up and run around the schoolroom. Well, some of them do, but they're, 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 that's a whole other story. But um, you get the point I'm making. It is profitable. I don't know where that came from, but it, it was, it's good for us to be reminded. It's profitable. It's the only thing that's profitable. Well, the church should I take up some social causes. Why? According to this, the only thing that's profitable is the Word of God. Do you realize if we all get on God's page, every quote-unquote social cause will be taken care of? Everything will just be the way it's supposed to be if we get to the Word of God. Now, that is not saying that we don't apply the Scripture to things that are taking place today. The Scripture needs to be applied to things that are taking place today. But the Scripture needs to be applied to things that are taking place today. It is profitable. Then when they get away from, as Paul writes here, he mentions two specifically. They get away from what the Bible says. It no longer becomes profitable. Let me remind all of us tonight as Christians what is profitable in our own life is the Word of God. What is profitable to us as a church is holding to the Word of God. Uh, a lot of times people say, well, I, I believe the Bible, but then I just don't think this, I, I just believe differently on doctrine. If you don't believe Bible doctrine, you don't believe the Bible. It's, it's not, I believe the Bible and I get to put in it what I want to put in, put in it. Um, I was, I was, I've been doing a lot of writing, and I was thinking of this illustration. Um, years ago, um, our family went to Hershey, Pennsylvania. Um, for uh, a vacation, and uh, it's the whole town is made out of chocolate. All the buildings and all the no, it, it's it's it, it's not. Um, but it is Hershey, Pennsylvania, it's where uh, Hershey is uh, uh, located, and they have the park there, and they have the little things you can come in and see how chocolate's made. But they have this one thing where you can go in, and we did this. We they they let you make your own candy bar. They let you design the package. Anybody, anybody ever been there? Anybody, anybody done this? A few of you have done this. Well, I'm not so special anymore. But anyway, you design the, the packaging thing, and then you go in, they give the base, and then you can choose the ingredients to go in there, and, and you can watch it go through, and they'll drop the ingredients in, then they'll put the chocolate over top of it, and then they spit it out, and for $119.95, they give you that candy bar. It's not quite that much, but it felt that much. Um, you know, and it, was, it was years ago, so all, the, all of our, our children were younger, and, uh, and uh, it, it's funny just to see the different things that, that, that go in there. And I think it was that, it just like hit the buttons of everything or whatever. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was thinking about that as I was thinking of some illustrations today when it comes to the doctrine and the Word of God. Some Christians treat the Word of God like they're creating their own candy bar. This is what I want in it, and I don't want that in it. But that's not the way it works. The faith was once delivered to the saints. Uh, Paul had a charge committed to him by Jesus Christ, which he committed to Timothy. So when we get away from that, and in our text tonight, and I say all that to remind us, that's important that we keep the things committed to us, because if we get away from that which is profitable... Um, it, 
we're going to see the progression that comes. But if we notice again in verse number 18, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. I remind you, this does not mean they were saved and now they're lost. That's not what it means. Because once we're saved, we're always saved. Uh, it goes into, and we won't get to it tonight, I'm, I'm certain of that, there are vessels of honor and there are vessels of dishonor. Um, some, who I believe are saved, because I was there when they got saved, would now say, I don't believe this is the Word of God. Well, it doesn't change the fact it is the Word of God. It doesn't change the fact that at one point, they bowed their head, and with their heart, they believed in their righteousness. They put their faith on the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, and my Bible tells me that in that instant, they were saved and they were sealed by the Spirit of God. So no matter what they say, the work of God is the work of God. What happened to them? Their faith was overthrown. And those that err from the things of God overthrow the faith of some. It is a... I'm trying to think of the right words. It is a, it is a very, very great offense to the cause of Christ, to the faith of the gospel to God himself, for those who have been given the responsibility of preaching the word of God, teaching the word of God, to give up their faith or take another doctrine and belief because it's going to overthrow the faith of some. Because we trust those who teach us the word of God. And those who stand and say, I believe this, and then when they say, well, I'm not sure I believe that, or, or, or I'm going a different direction, there are some that fall by the wayside. There are some who serve alongside of us, and all of a sudden it's like, well, I don't believe that anymore. Or, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and this has happened, if it's happened once, it's happened too many times. This has happened too many times in, in, in my time as a pastor. Well, I read this book, and now I don't believe or I listen to this lecture, and now I just don't believe that's the Word of God, and I don't believe, and they, they don't just recant the Bible. They recant anybody and everybody who used to be associated or is associated with the Word of God. Are they not saved? Well, if they're not saved, we're not saved if they really trust Christ as their Savior. But what happens? The faith of some get overthrown. And Paul warns Timothy about them, and Paul gives a progression. I want us to be warned, but I want us to also see the responsibility we have when it comes to the faith, to the Word of God. I've used this illustration many, many times. It is a sad thing for somebody to have the truth, sad thing for somebody to be in a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church, serve the Lord, get away from the things of God, and not even know if their grandchildren are saved. I know people very, very well who I was once close to who believed like I believe, who now don't believe like I believe. Oh, they, they still go to church. They're still religious. And some even, even have pastor by their name. They don't, they don't even know if their kids are saved. They'll tell you they are, but the gospel hadn't been preached in their whole life, in their presence. It's a sad thing. Their faith was overthrown. Now, there is a warning here, and we touched a little bit on the social gospel and how if it's not the Word of God, it's not profitable, it's not worth taking the time to deal with it. Even as 
heated as the political spectrum has been, and even as a pivotal time, we're in a very pivotal time in our nation's history, we come to church to hear the Word of God. Because that's what's profitable. We take the Word of God and we apply it to the day we live in, but it's got to be the Word of God. So we're not getting off, well, this happened in our country today, and, and these people are protesting this, and these people are protesting that. Where do we stand, Pastor? We stand where the Word of God stands, and we came to church tonight to find out how the Bible is going to help us. How the Bible is going to, you know, throughout the whole pandemic thing, I, I don't know why, but I got calls from random people to the church and to emails, where, where does your church stand? First of all, you're not part of our church, so it doesn't matter. Second of all, I don't have to take a position on that because when I get up on Sunday morning, I'm going to preach on Jesus. Does this make sense to anybody but me? Well, let's notice the responsibility. Paul was warning Timothy that the purpose of our message is to lead hearers to do the work they are called to do and not allow our message to overthrow the purpose of perpetrating or propagating the gospel. What is our message? It's the Great Commission. It's salvation by grace. It's following the Lord in believers' baptism. It's growing as a Christian. It's serving. That's what it is. What my responsibility is to preach the Word of God to equip the saints so that we can do a work for Him. And if we get away from that, that is when the faith of some is going to be overthrown. The, the study is not to just study so we can say that we have studied. It is so that I can do a work for the Lord. Um, that is the purpose of the study. And those that get off of that, we're going to see the progression. Of course... Paul is admonishing Timothy to show himself a workman, not a theologian. Um, his reason for studying was for the work of God, not merely to be more intelligent. Uh, he studied to be approved by God. God approves us by being a workman that doesn't need to be ashamed. Uh, we're not ashamed by necessarily how much we know or don't know. We're ashamed by the work that we're doing. Um, you can know a lot. You've met people who haven't darkened the door of a church in years, and you talk to them, and they know a lot of Bible. I would say their life's a shame because they're not doing with the Word of God what they should be doing with the Word of God. Now, the more that I study my Bible and know more about God, I know what I need to do to get God's favor on my life so that I can do a greater work for Him. I want to know more about God, not just so I can know more about God. I want to know more about God so that I can please Him. It's like I, I can think back to when my wife and I were first dating. And the more I got to know her, the more I knew how to please her. I knew the things that she liked. I learned real quick the things she didn't like. And the more that I knew about her the more I could please her. And the more we learn about God, the more we, we learn this book, we know greater how to please God. When it comes to God, it is we, we're to do a work for Him. Much of the teaching today is not built around the purpose of getting the gospel to this lost world. 
Sadly, it is just so, here's, here's a bunch of facts, and I'm not minimizing what the Bible teaches and the facts about the Bible, but we learn the Bible so that we can go and reach the world with the gospel. So we can go and reach this world. Now, we have to, we're better equipped in our homes, in our marriages, in our life. We live with joy, and if we live with joy, we're better equipped to reach this world. Now, let's, let's continue. There's eight warnings that I'm going to give, and I'm not going to give them all tonight. Number one, we shun profane and vain babblings. Uh, and this very well may be the only one I get to tonight. It says, but shun, look at verse number, let's read verse 15 again. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings. Um, let me give you an illustration so that we understand what the Bible is saying here. Imagine a group of dogs hunting for their prey. They have corner the animal and persist in just barking incessantly. Can you picture that? You got these dogs, they're they're running down the prey, they corner, and they're just barking, 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 barking. You can almost hear it in your head right now, just the barking. That is similar to what Paul is saying. Paul was warning Timothy not to become a rabbit chaser. Um... Don't just bark for the sake of barking, uh, but use the opportunity to give instruction that is profitable. Um, you encounter somebody who just people who just love to hear themselves talk, and they just talk and they talk and they talk and they talk. It some and notice notice what it, the Bible says. It says shun. Profane. It's not just a bunch of noise, but he says, shun profane and vain babblings. The, the, those dogs just barking, 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 barking. That in itself is not hurting anything. But when you add the words um, profane and vain, you get a greater context of what the Apostle Paul is saying. Um, some would take up unscriptural causes. Um, and I've, I've been on this a lot, but it's in context with the shun, profane, and vain babblings tonight. As a preacher, I must stay on subject. I must stay on what the, what the Bible has, what God has for this church. It's very, very careful. If the devil can't get you out of the thing, just to completely default into sin, out of things, God, he just wants to get you off message. Boy, I could use the names of even preachers in this generation, but certainly preachers in the last generation that were once doing something for God, but they got off politically. And it destroyed their ministry. And I could use the name, and some of you know, know exactly who I'm talking about without using the name. It, it, they are, they are a, a temple of apostasy. And at one time, a generation ago, we're responsible for seeing multitudes of souls saved. What happened? Got off on vain babblings. The, the point was to reach the world with the gospel, not to lead in a political revolution. But, you know, having a moral majority is important. Well, if we reach the world with the gospel, do you think the world's going to be moral? 
Probably so. Uh, I, I'm doing another, I'm do, I got my hand at so many things right now. But an emphasis on Sunday school, and, I, and I'm doing some, we're going to do some advertising, and I'm doing some writing on, you know, we, we, I wish America was like this, and everything it goes back to is when everybody's going to Sunday school. You want to get America to back the way America used to be? Let's get back to Sunday school. Let's get back to teaching and hearing and living the Word of God. Otherwise, America's not going back. A Republican Congress isn't getting it back. A Republican White House isn't getting back. we got to get back to that which is not a vain or a profane babbling. We apply Scripture to the things of this world, uh, but the only thing that is profitable is, is the Scripture. Uh, that's the word profane, the word vain. Uh, this can be interpreted a couple ways. First, it is empty of value or brings glory to oneself. Vain babblings, it's, it's, it's not about you, it's not about me. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. And if it's about you and it's about me, then it's not about Him. Then it's vain. Pastor, we, people just got to, well, it, it's about Him. And there's a lot today, and, and, and social media certainly does not help with this. Because we have to know how awesome everybody is. We have to know that God should be thankful that this person is here on this earth to take care of all the ills of the world. Uh, it's this way because, see, here's my latest selfie. That is vain. Vanity makes us look good. The second interpretation we can look at is not just empty of value, but it makes us look good, but it does not bring about sound doctrine. He wanted Timothy not to be vain as preaching and teaching. All the devil has to do with some Bible preaching preachers today is get a big group, have a politician call and say, I'm getting all the faith leaders together. Will you come be a part of that and have a word of prayer? And we put down all of our separation. We put down all doctrine. Stand, stand next to the Catholic priest. Stand next to the Muslim imam. Stand with everybody because we just got invited to do that. All you got to do is have a preacher's fellowship and you have to put it on all doctrine just so everybody can hold hands together and pat each other on the back and tell them how awesome they are. That's all that has... It sounds silly. That's why Paul calls it profane and vain babblings. It's vain. I'm sorry, and I have friends, and I'm not trying to offend anybody, and I know we have a lot of people watching tonight online. I know we have some listening by radio and all those things, but I just, I can get a lot more done in two or three hours than all of us just preaching to each other. I mean, don't we have Zoom now? Can't we just do that? Well, I'm off track now, and I'm even more unpopular with the brethren if that was possible then before. So it's sin, no, I'm not saying it's a profane and vain babbling. Now he tells us why to avoid or shun these babblings. First, look what the Word of God says, but shun profane and vain babblings. This, this is where we got to come down. We got we to look at what the Bible says. There's got to be more teaching on these things. 
And then we got to decide whether or not we believe the Bible. The Bible says, but shun profane and vain babblings, because it tells us what it leads to. For they will increase unto more ungodliness. If Scripture, which is profitable, if we get off of Scripture, if we pick up our pet, our, our pet belief, our pet cause, or, you know, and you got to be very careful of this, the way everything's a revolution now, and we got to revolutionize our church. Well, our, our church don't need a revolution. You, yours might need a revival, but... That's a whole other subject. It's vanity. It's a vain babbling. Any, 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 any Sunday that I take this time in this pulpit and get off of one of my pet beliefs, and I have some, but this isn't the place for me to talk about it because it's to preach the Word of God. It's a vain babbling. What happens? It leads to more ungodliness. Churches today are being destroyed. I don't even know it because they've let the social gospel come into their church. They don't even see what's, what's, what's coming. They're letting this, these causes come in because I guess they can't get in the Bible and get a message from God. Maybe that's why they got to go to, whether it be a liberal political commentator or a conservative one, and figure out what the issues of the day are and say, now, this is where we stand as a church. It doesn't matter what's going on in society. We stand with the Word of God. But they've let these things come in and say, we've got to take a stand on this. We've got to let, if you've got to let everybody know that you believe every person is important, what does that say about you and your church? People, I just got to let, let everybody know where we stand. We believe everybody's equal. If I have to say that, then there's a problem in my church. There's a problem there. I got to let everybody know that I'm against this. I'm signing this petition. I'm against it. If you have to do that, what does that say about you? Our life lets everybody know where we stand. You want to know where we stand on every issue? Come here Sunday morning and you'll hear it. Come here Sunday night and you'll hear it. Come here Wednesday night and you'll hear it. We believe the Word of God. But what's going to happen? They let the social gospel in and it's already in there. They just can't see it. If you say you can't get to heaven by Allah, you're a racist because you hate Muslims. They can't see that that's what's coming. But that's what's coming. You won't be able to say Jesus, or we'll say it, you won't be able to say, and if you build a crowd on, a, on social issues, the moment you cross them, they gone or you are. You can't say Jesus is the only way to heaven and, 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 a, and a Muslim has to convert and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ or you'll be a racist. It's because they let the social gospel in. They can't see it. That leads to more ungodliness. The social gospel also teaches, and I taught this that year, I went through the emerging church. And it's now, it's, 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 it's not just going through these non-denominational churches, it's through so many Southern Baptist churches, it's, through, it's in independent Baptist churches today. Where the, 
social gospel also talks about marriage. And we have so-called preachers today who claim to be Bible preachers having to make statements on where they stand about, a, about marriage and whether it's a man and a woman. Well, the Bible has clarified that. Uh, well, we don't want to be too... No, it, it is still... They avoid preaching on the fact that a man and a woman shouldn't live together unless they're married. They, 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 they skirt around by it because it's the social gospel. You think that's going to lead to more godliness or less godliness? It leads to ungodliness. And I'm going to back up to talking about, you know, some of the things that all preachers got to get a preacher off target is get a, some, some kind of politician to call them. But, to pre, you know, for preacher's fellowship, I, and you say, Pastor, are you against that? Some others want to do it. But I have learned in my life that the biggest gossip, the most gossip in the world takes place when you get, more pre, when you get preachers together. Because they're going to talk about who's not there. They're going to talk about what they have no business talking about. It's a waste of God's time. I wasn't getting invited anyway. <laughs> Let me just generally make a generalization here with churches in general. Are churches in general getting more godly or less godly? You think we ought to stick to that? You think we ought to make issues about that? You think we ought to teach the word more or less? The church is getting worldly as we babble about more social issues. Notice what else it says. I've got to hurry. Some of you are hoping I hurry real fast. For they will increase. You know what is amazing to me? Pause that subject right there. You know I'm pretty well read. I read a lot of preachers that are now in heaven. And everybody used to say the things I'm saying tonight. But compared to them, this is weak. This is nothing. And some, I guarantee you, there's probably somebody out there on the other end of, of, of live streaming tonight. How you doing? They're like, I can't believe he would just say something like that. This is weak. It's still Bible. But it's, we've gotten so far away from the Word of God. Notice what else it says. And their word will eat as doth a canker. Now, I'm not saying this. This is the Apostle Paul warning Timothy. Those that get away, they're not showing themselves approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker. Whose word? Those that don't study to be a workman, those that... Don't shun profane and vain babblings. Those like Hymenus and Philetus, who, who he mentions in just a moment, who erred from the doctrine, they're just off on the resurrection. You hear that so much today. Well, we can send our kids to that college. They're just off on the Bible. They're just off on the local church. They're just off on being, you know, non-denominate. Just, you're just off a little bit. How much does it take to be off? 
And but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker. The Bible's an interesting book, isn't it? A canker is something that corrodes or corrupts. An example, a tree can have a canker which causes the bark to rot and eventually fall. After a while, the tree can be consumed by that canker and die. It's just a canker. But that canker can kill it. Likewise, a person can develop a canker that eats away at an organ in their body and destroys their health. Don't worry about that. Paul compares that to their word. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching us this through, through, through these last several weeks and going into months and, and, and months more because we have something committed to us. And if we don't realize the importance that it is, and if we don't realize how serious God takes it, we can be casual. Scripture talks about truth has fallen into the street. How did it get there? Because somebody dropped it. And so it's important for us to understand what can take place. It's, it's that cancer. It can destroy. And Paul mentions two examples. I know we're not supposed to call names, but the Apostle Paul did. Of whom is Hymenus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have... I'm, I'm being sarcastic about not calling names, by the way. Who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. First, they had erred from the truth by saying that the resurrection had already taken place. In doing so, they had destroyed the faith of those who heard them. Because they said, it's already taken place. Well, what's the point? So those that heard them, it destroyed their faith. It overthrew their faith. That's why uh, one of the responsibilities I have as your pastor is to guard, guard the doctrine. Guard it. Because I, I, if, if, there's, if there's a book, if somebody comes to me and says, oh, I'll read this book, well, I probably don't want to read that. But they're a, I don't care what they are. Their words can overthrow. There are, I don't think you should read Joel Osteen. I'm starting with that one because I think we're all on the same page with that one. I don't think you should read Rick Warren. I certainly don't think you ought to have a pastor's conference and teach his material to other pastors unsuspecting. You can ask me after the service about that one. He, I just read a headline today that he just, I guess, quote-unquote, ordained his first woman preacher. Um, I don't think you should read that. Read them. Uh, ladies, I don't think you should read Beth Moore. And if you don't know who that is... Good. <laughs> Women can be heretics too. But they make me feel good. Anyway, I, I've been operating on low sleep and a lot of stress lately. I don't know if you can tell. There are, and I'm not going to mention names tonight, but I, there's some independent Baptists. I don't think you should have their books on your bookshelf. Because they're the most dangerous. Their words are like a canker. They're, they, they're slight, subtle. Well, we don't, we're off on this, and so we're heading this direction. All it takes is a little bit when it comes to the doctrine. Just a little bit, and it gets you away from the truth. 
when a canker enters into a preacher or a church, it destroys those individuals involved in that church. Uh, I can name churches of generations past that aren't just what they were because, I mean, there's a lot of things that contribute to that. I'm talking about churches that don't even exist. I'm talking about churches that used to be Bible-believing and today are not. That's, That's what I'm speaking of. What happened? Somewhere, whether it was the man who God used to build it, changed, or it was somebody else who came in and slightly off, it begins to work. We don't know that if we get off, there's some things through the years that if I, that, that if I want to respond on, oh, could I have responded to them? There's things in our city, there's things in our county, there's things in our country, there's things in our world. I mean, I, without notes, I could speak for a very long time. But I don't believe this church would exist today. Because that's not the purpose. Because if we get off track, it can be, quote-unquote, a noble cause. But if it's not his cause, this is his church. It exists to propagate his message. We only exist and are blessed as he blesses us. No business plan can overcome when God takes his hand off. No, no, no marketing plan is going to overcome when the Spirit of God is gone. It's His church. We have to stay focused on Him, and the devil will do anything he can just to get us off track a little bit. Uh, how, how, you have any? Oh, we got some Navy veterans, right? Brother Daryl, some? Okay. Did they ever let y'all drive any of the ships? Okay, I thought I'd ask. I knew the answer. I thought I'd ask. We have fishermen. We have fishermen. Okay. On the back of that boat, there's something called a rudder. You didn't know you were going to get an education tonight, did you? And that rudder just moves slightly. At first, the shift in direction is very subtle. Because that rudder moves just slightly. But let it some time go by. And that ship will be completely off course. It's just a little turn. That's not the end of it yet. It's got to keep going. Pastor, it's just a little thing. That's not the end of it. It just takes a slight little turn. And then that can grow in a church, it can grow in a pastor, it can grow in a Christian, and it can destroy. When a church falls out to profane and vain babblings, it will eventually cease to be identified as the Lord's church. Notice what the Bible says in verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal the Lord knoweth them that are his. Many churches have wholly turned away from their faith because of these babblings. By the way, the Lord knows who belongs to him. You, you, you realize that the world we live in can reject what we believe as a church? They can dismiss. They can ignore. God knows who's his. 
I thank God for what God, I thank, I thank him for what he's given us. I thank him for the building projects that we're going to enter into. And as we always do, we'll do things first class. But as we have had proven to us through the years, we can wade through mud puddles and have church under a tent and feel the presence of God, see the power of God, see what God will do. The reason is, he knows who are his. He knows who, no matter what, they're going to keep focused. This is the word of God. This is the word of God. This is the mission of the church. This is the mission of the church. Sadly, many have mistakenly, they've listened to vain babblings and they've, they've wanted to enter into things that really has no purpose. Of, the church has no business being in. Because the purpose of the church is to reach the world with the gospel. And every effort we make ought to be to that. That's why, Pastor, are we, are we, as a church, are we going to endorse a political candidate? No, we're not. Pastor, are you going to, in a public way, endorse a political candidate? No, I'm not. Say, so don't you have a, an opinion? Yes, I do. But there might be somebody who lives, and, and if you do, that's fine, but I, as, as, a, as a pastor, we may have somebody who's been saved and in church for two weeks, and they don't, they're, just, they're just trying to figure it out. But if they grow in grace, they're going to eventually vote the way that a Christian ought to vote. Uh, I, that's just me. Others, that's fine. That's fine. That's just, that's just the safeguards I've put around me. That's just what the Lord has taught me through my study. That's why as we as a church, I want to do everything we can, every effort we can. I, I, I know that in this past political season, many of you went to different rallies and say, Pastor Gibbs said, no, not at all. Surprised you didn't see me there. But, you know, that was a joke that some of you are still mad at some of the things I said five minutes ago. Um, but what you have to understand, what matters is the church stays pure in its doctrine, stays pure in its belief. And I don't, as your pastor, I don't want to get sidetracked. I get invitations all the time, some that I've described, but I get invitations all the time in different social aspects because of the story of my daughter passing away. And that was a, that was, and I was, I got to know a lot of people in the hospitals. I got to know, say, would that be a bad thing? That wouldn't be a bad thing. But I try and use my position as a pastor to still help people with that. But that's something I'm, I can be very passionate about. And that's something that I know that the devil could sidetrack me and take my time, my energy. When my first time, my first priority, my first energy is to do what I'm doing tonight. Does that, does that make sense? There's a lot of things that aren't bad things, but they're not the most important thing. And if we're not careful, we can shift that rudder just a little bit. And it's, this isn't my church. It's God's church. It, the, old, the, the great thing about the, the Emmanuel Baptist Church is the blessings of God. And we've got to keep the blessings of God. I mean, God doesn't care who gets elected because the Bible tells me, he sets them up and he takes them down. He cares that his church is pure. He cares that his church 
is trying to reach the world with the gospel. We have something that's been committed to us, and I know, I know some of this teaching is foreign because it's just not taught. Or it's been a long time since we've narrowed in on these subjects, but in the day we live in, it's more and more important that we know what we believe. The reason why there's a generation, and nobody has 100% success because man has a free will. But you look at the group of young people we have, I think they're above average. I'm going to say that while I'm looking over here, because it might change my mind. No, our, our single adults. That's the most frustrating thing, even to talk to other good men, Bible-believing men, how we can't get our single... We've got awesome single adults. But, we, but through the years, it's when you teach the Word of God, it's profitable. It's profitable. We can't get off track. We've got to know what we believe. We've got to understand why we believe it. And so I'll stop there after point number one tonight, um, and we'll continue next week, Lord willing... Uh, but we, I want us to know, my, my, my goal is to do everything with my life that the Lord will, wants done with my life. I want to use my days as the pastor of this church. I want us as a church. That's why we've stepped out by faith. That's why we'll continue to step out by faith. That's why we're going to work very, very hard, not just in the days ahead, but well into the future. Because it's something that, and I know you pray for me, I want you to pray for me in all the different aspects, but certainly as I write in things that the Lord's put on my heart that I think need to be written, and I believe will get done, because I want, when, we're, when God is done with all of us, I want to still be there for another generation. I may not be here, you may not be here to see your great-grandkids, but I want them to have something if the Lord has not returned. The only way that's going to happen is if we continue what we've been doing for 30-something years. We've, we hold to that which was committed to us, and we're reminded why we're holding to it, so that we understand the importance of passing it down to those that come behind us. It's important... And, and, and you know, my dad was the pastor here. I took from him. Many of you, I grew up with your kids. Many of you, you taught me in, in Sunday school, church, Christian school, whatever. Uh, you, 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 so in essence, I'm that generation that came under. I've taken it. It's important that I keep it, don't you think? But it's important that I pass it. We agreed? But it's important that those that come behind me understand why it's important. And so that's why we, we can't get off on these, these side, getting sidetracked with all these issues or we're taking time to teach that next generation. I see the, these young men right down here. I want them to know as they get older why this Bible is important, why we're a Baptist, why this is why we have the emphasis we have because, because it helps us keep that which we have. Because if they don't know, they're not going to realize how important it is. They're certainly not going to be able to teach those that have come behind them. So it's important that we understand and, oh, you can, you can split a room when you bring up doctrine. Um, well, I'm not sure I believe. Well, I, there, there's no page of preachers that I want to be on, on the same page as them. I want to be on God's page. And if we all decide as Christians that we're going to be on God's page, we're going to all be on the same page. We don't want to get off 
And I don't want these young people to be tossed by every wind of doctrine. Why? Because they don't have that anchor. And, we, and we, we've got to... I'm enjoying this study. And it's been a help to me, and I trust that it will continue to be a help to us.